Welcome to Life on Purpose. My name is James Lachlan, former seven-time world champion musician and now success coach to leaders and high performers. Each week, I bring you an inspiring leader or expert to help you live your life on purpose. Thanks for taking the time to connect today and investing in yourself. Enjoy the show. super excited to welcome in today's guest. He is none other than CEO of Black Hops Brewing. He's a serial entrepreneur, he's an international speaker, and also, here's the the most amazing part, he is a multiple times best-selling author, right? He's done so much, serial entrepreneur, runs the Black Hops Brewing Company, international speaker. Also, he's just released his sixth book, Compound Marketing. So please welcome Dan Norris coming in from Australia. Thank you so much for joining me, mate. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. I mean, I've heard nothing but great things. I've started over the last few months. I've just seen you everywhere, seen what you do. Uh, Your most recent book, Compound Marketing, was brought to me actually from my coach who is over in Australia. And she was like, James, you've got to check this guy out. You've got to check out the new book. So I'm just delighted that we get a chance to connect with you and uh, understand what drives you and also learn about this new book. So uh, I really do appreciate you making the time. No worries. Who, who's your coach? Kat Abianic. Oh, yeah, nice. Cool. She's been, she's been really great. She's been amazing. Yeah, she's, um, she's uh, really amazing on the social media side of things, you know, so I, I get, I've been getting coached with her on that side of things for quite a while now. So uh, big ups to Kat. Thanks for connecting us. Yeah, no worries. So tell me this. Like, I want to talk about the book, but I, I want to know, what's the story? Like, where did this serial entrepreneurial mindset come from was there something at childhood where you're like you just started getting into this whole aspect of creating and selling yeah i was neglected as a child and i just wanted (laughs) (laughs) so i yeah no yeah i actually don't know i don't really know where it came from i think i was just bored working in jobs and i kind of tried like when i i've only had a job for like four years out of university um but in the jobs i kind of just kept changing the job and I was in an, in an organization where, like, they just let me do whatever I wanted. So I would just pretty much, like, they employed me in HR. And then I was like, actually, I prefer, I would prefer to, like, do programming. And they were like, all right, well, you can do that. <laughs> and I just kind of just started doing it. And then they let me do it. So I just kept changing my job and changing it and changing it until I realized, like, I just actually just don't want to work for someone else. So I started thinking about what else I could do, started reading books about starting businesses and then just quit. I got quit like, I got a promotion and then we had like our Christmas party and then I quit like a week later. (laughs) When I was like 25, I think, 26. That's excellent. You've always had a hunger then to drive and succeed and grow. Uh, Not always, probably probably just towards the end of university, I kind of got my shit together. But before then it was all bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i love it hey i can i can totally relate i can absolutely 100 percent relate man i love it and so you've, you're running black hops brewing doing a freaking amazing job there it's, it's an amazing brand and you're also an international speaker and you have pumped out books and i i don't mean like just a book that you know a few people have bought these are best-selling books on amazon so your most recent one is compound marketing so please tell me a bit more about the book um, well, yeah, I, I've, I've written quite a few books. I think it's, I, these days it's kind of more of a hobby because like Black Ops has turned into, like that's like my job now. It's pretty much all I do. 
Um, but outside of that, I've still kind of got this, I still think about shit and I'm like, oh, I might as well write it down. And then once I write it down, I'm like, okay, I could write a blog post, but then if I've got like 10 of them, that's like a quarter of a book. And then I'm like, well, if it's a quarter of a book, I could probably just write a book and just do it as like a bit of a hobby. Um, there was a while there where I was writing them and, and kind of I had a membership and I was kind of doing the whole online influencer thing and stuff. But I shut all that down when, when we, Black Ops kind of took off. I didn't really enjoy it, to be honest. I didn't really enjoy it as a job. I like it as a hobby. Um, That's the, the, um, yeah, the latest book is like I've written, all my books are basically about uh, online marketing, content marketing and startups. And I kind of brought it all together with this one because I um, I just like figured like early on, I kind of had this approach to marketing, which was like create shitloads of content and that was it. And so I wrote books about that. Um, and then, um, business stuff was like create shitloads of businesses and then just fail a million times until one of them works. And so I wrote, wrote a book about that, but I've kind of feel like I'm bringing it together now with a company that, you know, it's, it's a bigger, more sustainable, more solid business than I've ever had. I've worked in it, you know, for a few years straight and I feel like continuing to work in it. It's not something I kind of want to get rid of and start another one and the marketing stuff has all come together because it's it's not now it's not like about creating lots of content it's more about really engaging with groups of people to make them care about the brand and there is still a lot of content because we do a lot of social media um, we do blog posts we have a podcast we do all that stuff but I feel like it's no longer kind of throwing shit at the wall and hoping something will stick it's more more organized more strategic and and not just content, it's also about really focusing on the brand, really telling your story or like every time you release a product, telling a story about the product. So those those kind of elements were coming together. I was kind of writing some ideas down around content, storytelling, um, branding and community. And community, I mean like your customers and community and fans as opposed to like, you know, serving the community. And they just, they're basically the four things I spend all my time on now other than kind of staff stuff but they're basically from a marketing and business point of view that things i spent all of my time on and we've been able to grow the business to way bigger than any business i've ever had and we, we still don't have like really have marketing people like we've got people that help out with social media and stuff um but that kind of strategy of focusing on those things has helped us build this company without spending any money on advertising without that's doing it. really anything that's mind-blowing well yeah done. and so for people that are watching this on replay so if they're running a business, whether it's a small business, maybe, you know, working towards six figures or seven, or maybe they're pushing up into the big, going into the eights. So if marketing is chewing up a ton of their revenue, what you're saying is like, actually, there is a formula. I've got four key pillars. If you can actually invest in these four key pillars, you can see some massive growth without paying top dollars to some marketing agency. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't like the word formula because I kind of feel like I'm going back to my online influencer ways by like, giving people, you know, like a, a list of things they have to do and then saying if you buy my book and join my membership, then everything will be fine. And I, I'd like, I've gone so far <laughs> the other direction from that. So, I, yeah, I don't like the idea of formula, but I, I do think there's lots of different ways to market a business. And, um, you know, I've never been good at the paid advertising stuff. I've, I've tried over the years of being an entrepreneur, I've tried so many different options of paid traffic, paid advertising, just like billboards, like, uh, you know, paid banner ads on websites, all of that kind of stuff. I've never really understood it. I've never been good at it. And I've constantly been searching for another way to do it. And 
it kind of turns out that if you can get good at doing the other way, which is like the more organic kind of storytelling way, then you end up in a position where you've got a really, really strong advantage because um, like our, it's not just just kind of saving money each month on marketing. It's, it's more that you kind of build up a level of brand love that is really hard to replicate with paid advertising. Like our, our brand, I think, is very strong. I think that's the bigger part of it. You know, like, like at the moment, the, our business is quite healthy. If we wanted to spend 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand a month on marketing, we definitely could afford to do that or more. We, we, could, we could spend more. Um, but the fact that we don't have to and the fact that, that we build up a level of kind of brand love that other people can't really get with paid ads, I think, is a really enormous advantage. And like the, the point I make in the book is it's not like it's not it's moving away from this kind of transactional model where you're paying for something to get an immediate return as opposed to investing in something um, and getting payment over the long term. And that's why that's why the word compound marketing, because I was sort of starting to reflect on all the different things I do in a business for marketing. And I'm just I'm, the whole time I've been thinking, OK, this is a long game like it's going to be. You know, I'm, I'm not going to write one blog post and it's going to go viral. Like I've written hundreds, if probably thousands of blog posts. Um, and, you know, you're not going to start a Facebook group and have like immediately have thousands of people in there super engaged and loving it. Like that's not how it works. Like I started my first group with 10 people when I did my first book and I built it up from there and it took a very long time to for that to happen. But eventually it ends up paying back. And that that kind of approach to marketing is not, like you hear people talk about that in business, the long game and everything, but you don't really hear it talking about it as a marketing strategy. And I did marketing at university and, and this, this never came up. Like this was not, marketing was always something that was like a transactional thing. And um, that's, not, that's not how I've ever thought about marketing. And now I think the timing is good because we've, I've actually got some evidence that we've got a solid business that we've built. It's, it's one of the fastest growing companies in Australia. I think we're, we're doubling every year for five straight years. Um, we've got like 50 staff now it's it's you know 10 times the size of my last business and we started that out of a garage and haven't spent money on marketing and so there's I've got some good kind of evidence that that you know that approach can work that's amazing and that goes for large corporations as well this is not just say someone that's starting off that you're providing evidence that hey if you're running a massive international business you can actually use these strategies too yeah, I, I, th- there are some examples in the book that I talk about. There's definitely some companies that are doing this well. I, like big corporations, I don't know how many of them are doing it well, but they're definitely like the kind of the more modern startups. Like you look at brands like Tesla, you know, the, what Elon does, the way he approaches things, um, brands like Peloton. And I don't know, that I, I haven't like sat down and done research on, on, you know, how much these companies are spending on advertising. I'm sure someone, someone at university can do that work, but... I, I can see these companies, like even if you just take kind of the Tesla thing, um, like they, like I, I constantly see in Australia, I constantly see ads for car companies. Like I think car companies are basically holding up these media companies. They're just, and, and they're all articles and ads. Every time you get on news.com, there's like the best car has just been launched in Australia and it's just some shitty Toyota that they're paying all this money to advertise on. And like, like Tesla don't do any paid advertising at all. And th- that's the only car I want to buy. I don't want to buy any new Toyota SUV, I want to buy a Tesla because I know the brand. I think that I think the product's great, and I love the story and all of that stuff. And I've been following them for a while, and I'm I'm on board. I'm part of that kind of community of, of people who want to be part of it. Um, and that's so I think it's possible at any scale. And um, 
but I don't I don't know if you know if you're an old school corporation if you go and shut down all the, your paid traffic and then just do this I think that's probably not the best idea but <laughs> at least from my own personal experience you know I always did kind of think okay it's fine to, and that's often the argument you get with content marketing it's sort of like okay it's fine to do it's free as long as the founder's doing it and you're not paying for their time but it's only going to get you so far um but you know I I just don't I don't really believe that anymore and I know from at least with our company, we've gotten this far without it. And um, I feel like that's going to keep going as long as we do a good job at engaging the community and keeping the brand strong and telling the story and um, keeping up with the content and the kind of approach we take to things. And as long as that, you know, if if everyone did this, it wouldn't be that interesting. And Mm. so for us, it's kind of a good point of difference for us. But for someone else to go and shut down everything they're doing and double down on this, it's quite difficult. It takes a bit of a leap of faith. and so for that reason, it ends up being, you know, it ends up being a good point of difference. It's really hard for all your, your competitors to kind of copy what you're doing. And even if they take a bit of inspiration from what you're doing, um, to me, it only kind of helps. To, to me, it only helps. And it's, it's a really hard thing to replicate. It's, hard, it's easy enough to replicate paid strategies, mm. I think. Um, but it's really hard to replicate, you know, like, you know, the, the love that people have for a brand or, you know, a, a genuine, unique story. Um, and a group of people who are really passionate about the brand, like that kind of stuff is really hard to replicate. And I, th- I think sometimes even the paid strategies actually do more harm than good. Like I see, I see, you know, our competitors doing a lot of paid traffic for things and then you see the results come out and, and we've done just as well, if not better without that. So like, what are people thinking? Like these, these companies are trying to buy people's love when, you know, there's other companies that are just having a crack being genuine and, getting that getting that love so i think i think some of the paid strategies can can kind of work against that 100 percent. i totally resonate with what you're saying about tesla and uh, apple kind of sticks out there for me a little bit as well where you know they've got evangelists who love the product because of the story that it tells and how they connect themselves with that so for a business yeah. small medium or large the whole storytelling aspect how should we present a story about our business or our brand so that it can connect with more people yeah so Again, like I said before, you know, when the books I've read on storytelling were all sort of like, you know, this is the structure you need to follow. And if you follow this structure, your company will have a great story. And that's, I don't subscribe to that. Like what I've tried to do in my book is say, these are the different types of stories that you can tell. And if there is one that is a genuine story that fits into your business, then you should be learning about this and telling it because it's going to be beneficial. But um, if there's not, there's not, and and you know I don't think I don't think you should be making things up. And there's a lot there's a lot of that in our industry where you've got you know products that are kind of themed after like fake explorers or convicts or some shit. And it's like this is the beer they drunk. It's like it's that's actually not. It's just you're just doing that for marketing. It's quite obvious and um, yeah, kind of depressing. But so I think I think stories have to be genuine. That's that's what I think. And if you're like with the companies I've started. My businesses have always had a genuine sort of founding story and um, that's helped me a lot. I've, I've used that a lot throughout my marketing and throughout my story um, just just because it's a good genuine story of, of, you know, like the current business, it's three mates having a crack. We started in my mate's garage, you know, and it just kind of blew up from there and, and people have been following along this whole time. And that's just a good fun story, especially when it comes to beer because it's kind of like every man's dream to like do a homebrew and then build a brewery. Yeah. <laughs> so that that works for us it's a great story but that like we don't stop there so that's like a family but 
typical founding story. Um, but what we do a lot of as well is like product stories or even customer stories. So we've, we've just brewed our 200th beer in, and we've been, that's about five years in the making, but we've done probably 150 of them in the last two years. And so, so we're constantly bringing different beers out. And, and a lot of these beers, you know, come out with some kind of interesting story. Like one example I've got in the book is one of our Facebook group members suggested a beer for an event. And we're like, oh, that's a cool beer. Um, but the event was cancelled. So we, we kind of thought that was over. They thought that was over. But instead of it being over, we brewed the beer anyway and kind of acted like the event was still going and, you know, gave him credit when we released the beer, surprised him by sending it to his house, um, did a full full branding and everything for it and um, did release the beer anyway and then did a live call and pretended we were doing, like, you know, the tasting for the event. And, like, that's an example of where, like, that, if we didn't choose to do that, not that we only chose that because it was a good story, but, like, I'm always conscious of, like, you know, if we've got to make 200 beers, we may as well, may as well make some that have a good story behind them. And when he suggested that, it's like, if we do this, this is going to be a good fun story for him. It's going to be a good, like, customer success story. It'll be good for that community of ambassadors in the group on Facebook where we've got almost 3,000 people. Um, and so for all of those reasons, it became a really good story. And we chose to kind of go down that path, one reason being because we knew it would be a, a good story. And I, I talk about that in the book where you like, if you're an entrepreneur, you've got a business, you can choose how you spend your time. And like I choose to spend zero time on paid strategies and 100% of the time on orga- organic compounding strategies. Um, and I choose to look for stories in what we do and, you know, chase press opportunities and, you know, do beers that will, will involve our customers, engage our audience, all of that stuff because I know that stuff is compounding activity. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're aware of it, and you kind of understand what stories can be useful, then you're more likely to kind of go down that path and, and chase those opportunities. That's amazing. I love it. So genius. And I think more companies do want to look at organic marketing because pay, you know, it has its limitations. It has its costs. And I think when you're going organic, it's, it's so much more authentic. I love that. And let's yeah, talk about the book as well. Go ahead. Like, like in my case, you know, I've gone all in on organic strategies and, and compounding strategies throughout my whole career as an entrepreneur and, and it hasn't always worked. Like I, you know, I've had a lot of bad years, um, but I've, I've just continued doing it and believe that it was going to work and, and it did work in the end. Um, but I, I do like to think that that's not the only way to do it because n- not everyone wants to be that ruthless um, and, and, and also just kind of fail for that long before things work. So it, it makes sense to me that if you are really good at paid ads and it's working really well for you, that you would keep doing that, but maybe you would also kind of, dabble in some of this stuff, you know, set up a blog, do some content, set up a, a group for your community members, um, really start thinking about the brand and what it means and telling stories and that kind of stuff at the same time and then maybe doing a bit of both and, you know, who knows, maybe eventually you don't need the paid stuff or maybe you come up with a really nice combination of both that works for your skills and you, you get the best of both worlds. I love that. And you talked about starting it in a garage with a couple of your mates and then now you've got a brewery. So for those people who haven't, and engage with your brand yet where's the brand at now started in the garage where are you at now yeah so we've got three breweries now um so three breweries three tap rooms we just bought one and turned it into uh, black ops brisbane which is the city kind of 100 kilometers from here we've got two in our local area one up there we're about to release a fourth tap room just for barrel aged beers um and the, the the brand the brand is we just got voted the number one craft brewery in the country um, 
yeah, the brand's extremely strong. Um, we're, we're doing two to three million litres of beer a year, which puts us as sort of one of the bigger independent brewers. Um, and, yeah, and that's all, yeah, and it did. It started in the garage. We, we built a small brewery. We built a much, much bigger brewery, and then we just bought the third one and turned it into to Brisbane. And the, the bigger one is just expanding and expanding. We should get tanks. We've got three lots of tanks in the last three months. We should get more today or tomorrow. Um, and we're just feeling those immediately. We're, we're selling a lot of beer at the moment. And, and it's also, you know, from this year, it's been a good, solid, consistently profitable business. Um, and that's, that's quite difficult for, you know, for this kind of business because it's, it's, it's a very, very difficult business to run. Like if you're, you're going to run a small brew pub, you're probably going to be always profitable and, and it'll be fine. But if you're going to try and distribute a liquid product that you make around a country as big as Australia, that's very difficult to do and still make money. Um, so that's, you know, that's probably what I'm most proud of is now we've gotten through that kind of valley of death where you just have to invest in all this equipment and you don't have the scale to actually not lose money every month. Um, so we've gotten through that hurdle as well. That's amazing. And for other people that are trying to scale and do what you're doing, and they come up against hurdles, they come up against uh, bureaucracy or pandemics, you know, what's your advice to those people who are coming up against hurdles? What, what have you went to do to overcome your hurdles? Have you had mentors? Have you had strategies? I, haven't, I wouldn't say I have mentors. I'm not, I'm not much of a, I'm much more of a um, do-it-myself type person. I'm not, I'm not really that into coaching, mentoring stuff for whatever reason. I don't really know why, but I, but I do, I, I observe what other companies do for sure. And I have, you know, other colleagues in the industry that I kind of turn to if I need to. Um, but I, I've also, we've also built up a really good team. So we've been very fortunate, is probably the right word, to, with the team we've got. We've, we've, like I delegate just about every job and I've, I've got a lot of faith in our team. Um, we, we were able to move pretty quickly with the pandemic. We, we were kind of worried it was going to completely squash our business. Uh, we went from, I think, the week before it hit here, we, we, I mean, we have a business that sells beer to bars and restaurants and sells beer at our own bar and restaurant, and all of those were shut down with about a week's notice. So, and that was about 40% of our entire business. And this is a business that's just breaking even at this point. Um, so it was very scary, but we, we, were, we were able to do a couple of things. I mean, one, the shutdown here only lasted four to six weeks. Throughout that whole time, we're still doing takeaways and we also had the retail trade into bottle shops that went through the roof. So we were fine from that point of view. Um, during that one month, we were able to execute really quickly and get a um, local delivery app up and running. Um, so we had, had a mate of mine, Jared, who's, who does, um, it's called the App Match. He did, like helps entrepreneurs with apps and he helped me build this thing. I basically built it myself with his help over the weekend of that pandemic. And then we had a live app in the app store two weeks later and we had a, you know, web app, you know, basically on the Monday following. Um, and we, we were doing like, we went from, I think our previous best month of online deliveries was like 160, I think. And then during that month of April, we did a thousand and ninety one online sales. So we literally 10 X and we were doing for April, I think we did $85,000 in online sales. So we, we basically, effectively built this kind of million dollar run rate online business in a week, <laughs> um, which, which got us through that kind of four to six week period of shutdowns. Um, 
but ultimately, once everything went to went back to normal, we didn't need that. That that month was was good because we didn't kind of lose that whole chunk of the business. But once everything went back to normal, we just we were just straight back at it, and and we've been selling more beer than ever. So it's a bit it, it's a bit different here. We were very very lucky with the pandemic. I think the the politicians here seem to seem to get it pretty right. I think they they did some pretty aggressive shutdowns before it got out of control and got everything back to back slowly and at least Melbourne it took off again and they were shut down for months and months but where I am Queensland it kind of went back to normal and it seems normal now and and we were very lucky I know it's different over there where, where about to- so I'm in Christchurch New Zealand and the same thing oh. our government shut things down real fast yeah really really fortunate and I've got some clients actually in and around Brisbane and one of them um, is a, in the medical uh, industry and uh, she ended up doing a lot of COVID testing during that time and she was really impressed that how few cases were showing up, you know, across a number of months. So your government have obviously made some really great calls. Yeah, I think we're very lucky. It's good. And in terms of the book, right, so I want people, so people can jump onto Amazon, they can grab Compound Marketing on Amazon. Uh, When it comes to launching, because you're quite amazing, your track record with launching and getting success and bestseller status is phenomenal. Do you have any advice, if there's an author watching this, any advice to that author around how to, get your book on the platform or how to position it and then how to launch it? Yeah, well, to be honest, I haven't done really a proper book launch since my really my first one or two um, because these days, like I like even the last book I, I did, I didn't even do any podcasts or any marketing at all for it. I kind of really treated it like this is like a hobby that I'm doing for fun. Um, this one, I have done a bunch of podcasts, podcast interviews mainly because I kind of felt like I put a lot of work into the book and you put it up there and, a few people downloaded and it's kind of not really doing yourself much of a service if no one buys the book. Um, but the best one, I think the first one I did was just just getting a group of people behind the idea, getting a review committee together, um, giving them free copies of the book in advance and um, then lining up a bunch of content and interviews and whatnot around that time. I don't know if people still do it, but at that time I did like a free for three days thing on Amazon and that, that was quite good and then they swapped it over to paid and then it kind of stayed in that bestseller status for quite a while. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably like anything. I think like like my my personal brand was at its strongest when I was personally engaging with it, with those people. So I had a Facebook group that was really active. Um, you know, I was speaking at events and conferences and I was, you know, I was selling my books themselves and signing them and sending them out and really like trying to build that community around around the ideas, like the seven-day startup, the first one, I had an online challenge, I had courses, I had a, a local group, I had a free Facebook group, I was presenting at conferences, I was doing like live calls where I'd review people's businesses and give them feedback and review their marketing, all that kind of stuff, all that free stuff just to engage people around that topic of the seven-day startup. Um, and and I'd be doing the same thing now if that's what I wanted to focus on for this book, but um, like I said, it's like now it's just Black Ops, and Black Ops has even got its own book that I wrote about Black Ops. So I, I do focus on that one a bit more, and we do sign copies of it, and we still do talk at events and things, and um, you know, just try to engage with people on on the topic, and that that just kind of builds up this swell of interest that has has worked pretty well for me. The audio books have been good too. For some reason, this one is not published yet, and I've been trying to contact Audible about why, but the audio books have been a big plus as well. There seems to be a lot of people who like listening to audiobooks. I love it. And did you record that yourself or did you have someone do that for you? 
No, I did it myself. It's it's super painful. I've done all of them. I've done all six of them myself, and it's it's not fun. It's really not fun. It's probably the <laughs> probably the least favorite thing. Like I like I, I like writing the content. I like publishing. I like the feeling of you know getting a copy of it, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I hate recording the audio books. It's it's just so painful. I think if you like reading through your own content, like like I mean I do it because I think it's better when the author reads it. Yeah, but. It's it's a painful thing to to read through content you've read through so many times before, and then also every time you make a mistake, you kind of have to clap and then do it again. And um, it's quite difficult not to make mistakes when you're reading content. I think you, I think you just kind of like you never really as an adult you never really read out loud anymore, so you kind of forget. It's actually not that easy, and then you want to you want to get the words exactly the same as the book, so that whisper sync thing works, so they can sort of listen to the book and read read the kindle and it syncs up um so yeah it's frustrating but yes i have done them all myself and I, if i write another book i'll do it myself because i think it's worth it and um the audiobook sales tend, tend to go really well too so it's worth it from that point of view that's brilliant and in terms of the book itself do you do you have a paperback or a hardback and a, um, an ebook version yeah so um it used to be through create space i think amazon owned them now i think it's just through ACX or, or whatever the name of the Amazon or Author Central or whatever Amazon does. But yeah, if you I've got a guy that helps me with the formatting. So he just I, I do the whole book in Google Docs. I get um Chris from Jet Launch is is the guy who helps me with it. He does the editing and the formatting. It's doesn't cost a whole lot to be honest. It's reasonably easy. He just puts it in a format from the Google Doc into a format that works on paperback and PDF and Kindle. Um, and you can just upload those files into Author Central. It's 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 pretty easy to do. And and once and there's print on demand, so like it doesn't really cost you a cent. Like if I, when I make a book, the only thing I really pay for is the design of the cover, and the formatting of the book from Chris. But it's really not a whole lot of money. It's probably probably like it's under a thousand bucks. Amazing. And yeah, and I would I would get that back on just audio book sales alone, like reasonably quickly. So it's not yeah, it's not a huge money making thing, but it's not like I'm pouring money into it. It's quite an easy thing to do. That's brilliant. Well, you're making such an impact, and I think that's one of the most important things in terms of what you're doing with marketing is showing people, uh, hey, here's how we can do it. Here's here's a pathway. So, um, other than what you're doing with your business, what what else in your life are you juggling? Do you have a family that you're you're looking after as well? Yeah, I've got I've, I've got two kids. I have them fifty fifty. So yeah, that can that can be full on. But yeah, the the um that that seems to work pretty well. They're like ten and twelve, so they're kind of looking after themselves a little bit more now. It was it was a bit harder when they were younger. Um, I've got a wee yeah. boy who's four. We do fifty fifty as well. So I totally understand that juggle. And so yeah, what, any advice for dads out there who are entrepreneurs, you know, dads that are busting their gut but want to be there for their kids? Any advice just to to keep moving in the right direction? <laughs> drink more beer <laughs> black hot <laughs> brewing beer right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i love it so good hey that's all we need that's perfect <laughs> now dan i want to say a massive thank you and you know i think the book compound marketing i think it's a book that every ceo should have every marketer should have and you know what you're doing is amazing work so please keep proliferating your content and creating the amazing work that you do Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, if I think of like I sort of every time I write a book, I'm like, oh, that's the last one. I don't have any more ideas. And then I kind of have some more ideas and then I write another one. So if I think of more ideas, I will I will make another one. But I, I tend to um 
I tend to write books about what I'm what I'm doing at work. So they're not just books written by kind of authors. You know, they're they're really just like capturing what I'm doing as a business owner. Um, and to me, that's that's kind of a little it's a little bit unique and it's good because it, it kind of takes people inside the business when you know it might be hard for them to do that otherwise. So if yeah, if I have enough interesting things to talk about that I'm working on, I'll, I'll create another book. But if I don't, I'm not just going to do it for the sake of kind of having a business card. By the time you have six books, you don't really need any more business card books. So. <laughs> totally. And, hey, where can people come and connect with you and your brand? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like I said, I don't do a whole lot uh, with my personal brand anymore. You know, I've got the books there. I'm on social media, uh, at, obviously on Instagram, at the Dan Norris Um Facebook, Twitter. I don't use Twitter a whole lot, but yeah, if you're interested in looking at what Black Ops are doing, that's that's what I spend all of my time on now. So, have a look at Black Ops beer. Have a look at how we go about our marketing. And if you if you are anywhere in Australia, you can you can buy the beer and and uh, you know un- get behind the story and, and get behind a bunch of independent uh, people kind of building an exciting business. I love it. Now, hey, everyone that's in Australia that's watching this, please do support Black Ops Brewing. Go buy their beer, enjoy it. And as Dan says, be a part of the story. That's what it's all about. Engage and interact. Hey, thanks a million, Dan. I really, really appreciate you taking the time. I look forward to connecting with you once this bubble opens up between Australia and New Zealand. I'd love to come and check out one of your tap rooms. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, we've done we've done a collab with Altitude in Queenstown over the COVID period, and we're, we're keen to do a couple more over there. We're, New Zealand's got a really good craft beer scene, so once that's opened up, we'll be coming over there for sure. Come and say hello, please. Thank you so much for listening in today and investing in your own personal growth. Please hit that subscribe button, and I would love, love, love if you'd leave me a rating and review as it really helps me to impact more people. I've got some amazing guests lined up in the coming weeks. And folks, it's that time. Get out there and live life on purpose.